It's Labor Day weekend, and so I wanted to uh, talk about something that I believe is something that should be part of our uh, everyday life. Um, God never meant to just be part of our lives on Sundays and then on Wednesday nights or, or special events. Um, every bit of our life is meant to be a walking in a relationship with the God who made us. And um, so uh, we are looking at this subject as work, as worship, um, that everything we do, and when I say work, I don't mean just if you have a job, and most of us, uh, a lot of us do have jobs, but even if we're retired or even if we're still students, um, no matter what age we are, everything you do is work. Uh, in, in fact, work is defined as simply energy uh, expended. And uh, how many of us expend energy? Maybe some of us as least as we can, right? Is that what I'm seeing? Uh, the, the minimal amount that I have to expend, that's what I want to do. Well, uh, it doesn't matter what you do. We need to understand that our life is a worship to God. So therefore, everything we do is meant to worship God. And so Labor Day weekend, uh, as we uh, celebrate those who work, that we're really talking about all of us. And what we need to begin to embrace is this idea of work as worship, that everything I do is worship to God. Am I worshiping God in a way that is worthy of what God deserves and what God has uh, put within me? And uh, we need to know that we were created for this. Uh, I know sometimes work is a bad word. We don't want to work. Uh, you know, our, our kids don't want us to hear us, you know, have you done your chores or have you done uh, what I asked you to do? Work is, is something that we sometimes uh, uh, look down on. And yet we need to understand that work is what we were created for, that there is a, that there is a source of meaning and joy and purpose within us when we begin to embrace work in the right way. And we're going to talk about that. It, are we working as worship, when we begin to work as worship, we will find a fulfillment, we will find peace, we will find joy and purpose. When we work as accomplishment or as to get what I want, you're going to find that work becomes drudgery, work becomes something that is vain and leaves us empty and dry and just soaks us up. But yet God has meant work and again, work in any way, whether it is, you know, when we go out and, and, and spend time recreation, you are working. Um, uh, uh, we work at those things. So no matter what we are doing, that work is meant to be a worship to God that we were created for. In Genesis, uh, the very beginning of creation, and we're going to look at uh, this because we're going to also look at how God is work. Um, his very character uh, is what he put within us, and it's the same way that he works is that we are called to work. Uh, but it says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, it says, Then God blessed them, meaning Adam and Eve and man and woman, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. In other words, he says, he blessed them 
and said, now subdue the world. In other words, that word is take care of it, work it. Um, and this was a blessing from God. Um, how many are so glad that God blessed us uh, to, to work? Um, and um, uh, most of us, like, he could have come up with a different blessing. You know, why didn't he bless them and then say, enjoy everything I've done for you? But no, he said, he blessed them and then said, now go and take care of everything I've done. Now, it was a blessing uh, for them uh, that he gave them all the creation, but part of that creation was then we were to subdue it, um, and it doesn't mean to, uh, and, and have dominion over it, but it doesn't mean to control it and to uh, 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 dominate, but it was to steward it, to caretake it, to make it even better than before, to nurture what God had given us, and that is what our work was meant to be. Again, in the same way, in Genesis chapter 2, it says, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend it and to keep it. So from the very first, he said, here's your job. You're a gardener. And this is going to be the source of your blessing and your joy and your meaning. And we know that, that God would come down into the garden and walk with him. And part of the gardening and part of the work was a fellowship with God because, you know, as he would walk through and probably pull the weeds, God would come and walk alongside him. We can imagine that that work was just simply part of enjoying life, that this was life. And so we need to begin to change how we see work, how we see not only our job, but change how we see taking care of our house taking care of our room, uh, doing our studies for school, students, how we view that, it's not just something, oh, I got to do homework. We need to understand homework is a gift from God that you can do as worship to God. Housework is a worship to God. Lawn work out in the, the heat is a worship to God. Here's something, relationship work. How many know that relationships are work sometimes? But it's a worship to God when you work on those things. Um, uh, work is not always physical. Sometimes work uh, can be uh, uh, very uh, mentally. How, how many know doing your budget, taking care of your finances is work, and is, it is meant to be a worship to God. God said, take it and tend it, take care of it. And so from the very first, we were created to work, and this work was part of a fellowship with God. It is a worship to God. It is an understanding of his blessing that he has given us life, and now we are going to make it the most that we can make it. Now, you might say, well, that was the Old Testament, and they blew it. They were given that job, and from the next moment almost, they turned it into something that was great, into something that was terrible. Because we, we do know that part of the curse, when Adam and Eve sinned and they refused to accept the blessing of God, they didn't want to listen to God, that part of the curse was, okay, now you have to leave. And now when you work, it's not going to be easy. Now there's going to be thorns in the ground. Now there's going to be pain in childbirth. Everything you work at now is going to be painful when it was enjoyable. So you might say, so now it's different. 
But here's the thing, and here's the great thing. We are on the other side of what we just celebrated, which was the work of Jesus. Jesus has brought us back into that new creation. It is because of Jesus that now we can once again work in a fashion that we can receive the blessing of God and enjoy his pleasure. And we know that because in Ephesians chapter 2, it says that we now are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. So now we're not like Adam and Eve who were created in the garden and in the world. Now we are created in Christ Jesus. We have been recreated in Christ. We put it this way, we're born again. Uh, we have accepted Christ, and now my life is a new life created by Christ, but what does it say? For good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, those good works is not just doing a kind deed. It is not just uh, uh, reading the Bible and doing spiritual things. He's talking about you have been created for your life. And the most spiritual thing that you have been created for might be changing out the plumbing in your bathroom, mowing the lawn because it's gotten too big. You've been created for good works that God prepared beforehand for you to do. If it has been given you to do it, then God prepared it for you. And so we need to begin to look at everything we do as these are the works that I've been made new, and I'm going to do it to please God. I am going to live my life in such a way that everything I do is a worship to God because he's the one that gave me new life to begin with. The only reason that I'm able to do this is because he gave me breath. The only reason I'm able to go to school is because God has given me the ability to grow and to learn, and he has a future planned for me. And so therefore, I'm going to give myself to this, even when it's hard, even when I don't think it's even necessary because who is going to need trigonometry when I'm going to go out and be a carpenter or, or, or an artist or a, a musician, and it may seem absolutely crazy, but you know what? It's there, and I am going to honor God, and I am going to worship him by working at it, by doing my best. And it may not be something I'm good at, but until it's taken away from me, I am going to honor it, and it is a worship to God in my response to it. This is what Colossians tells us in chapter 3. It says, whatever you do, work, I love this word, heartily. Work heartily at it. In other words, not begrudgingly, I hate to do this, you know, I, why do you make me take out the trash or clean my room or I hate to do these things. You know, or, or maybe on your job, your boss tells you to do something and you're like, I have already done that and it doesn't need to be done. You know what? No. Work heartily. That means a heart. Out of your heart of thanksgiving for what God has given you, I am going to do this, whatever it is. And it says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. You're not doing it for your mom and dad. You're not doing it for your teacher. You're not doing it for your boss. You're not doing it for your wife, guys. You're not doing it for your husband, ladies. You're doing it for the Lord. 
And that changes everything. Because I'm telling you, how you responded to all those people that were over you, you're going to answer to it, to God. And we are going to be ashamed. Because we can think right now, the way we have responded to people. And God's going to step in and say, that was me. Instead, let's work heartily. Let's do. Now, I know we may not like it. It doesn't mean you always have to like it. There's times that some work is hard work. And then there's some work that that it's not the work that I enjoy to do, but I've got to do the work that I don't like so I can get to the work that I do like, right? And and that's part of life. And, And there's a reason why God built it that way because there's a discipline that's built in so that when you do have time to get to the work that you do like, whether it is music or sports or TV, whatever it is, you have then built the foundation that you can enjoy that. Otherwise, without the foundation and all we do is what we enjoy, it ends up destroying our life because the storms are gonna come, like Jesus said, and those houses that are built on the sand are gonna be wiped away. So let's work heartily as to the Lord and not for men. Um, So we wanna look at, at one scripture that tells us how to do this. So how do we do this? How do we work heartily for the Lord? How do we embrace work in our life? Everything we do, how can we turn it into worship for God? And I love this verse in Romans 12, and this is what we're going to really look at today. This is what Paul tells us. He says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, now, it sounds pretty serious. By the mercy of God, would you please get this? If you don't get anything else, by the mercy of God, would you get this? Present your bodies. That means what you do at your physical life, your, the living of your life, your body, your very body, as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. You see, what he's saying is what you do with your life is what your worship is. It's not what you sing songs here on Sunday. That is really called praise. Now, praise is a necessary part of worship, and we are called to come together and praise God and sing songs to God and and speak into one another's life. We just talked about that last week. But real worship is our day-to-day walk in this world. What we do with these bodies, what I say, what I think, what I do, that is worship to God. Now, what is worship? Let's let's go back to the very beginning. Worship is not something we might think of worship as as it is it is some spiritual thing um, like uh, 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 like we think of someone to an idol. You know, they worship, whoa, and, and bow down and, and uh, adore it. That's part of worship. But worship is simply this, and it comes from the word worth, okay? Um, a dollar has worth. It's worth a dollar, okay? It can do so much. Um, uh, $5 is a little bit more worthy. Um, worship is saying that something is worth my life. So in other words, worship is simply acknowledging 
What is worth your life? What is valuable to you? Um, so worship is simply setting a priority. This is going to be what I care about. When I worship God, I am just saying, God, you're more important than anything else. You're worth it. You are worth it. And because you're worth it, that is what worship is. Worship is what people see in your life, what is worth your attention, what is worth your energy. That's what you're worshiping. You might say, well, I'm not worshiping this. Well, you're giving it all your energy. You're giving it all your thought. Then you worship it because that is your value. And so if we are going to worship God, it is just simply saying with everything that I do, God, you're, you are what is valuable to me. And so therefore, I am showing your value in everything I do. Um, I am going to value you. And that's why, that's my motivation of why I do this. Um, so work is our spiritual worship. Work is our worship. Um, the very next verse says this, to be able to do that, you must do this. And it says, do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. The way we worship God, the way we reflect his value and so find what he wants for our life is two things. And these are the first two steps to make work our worship. It takes daily separation. It said, don't be conformed to this world. So the first thing to make our life worship to God is every day you've got to determine in your heart that everything that I do today is not going to be about me. I'm going to separate myself from just what the world wants, and I'm going to separate myself to God. God, I'm going to dedicate, let everything I do today be about you. So remind me when I get tempted that I want to say something about that person. Let me separate myself from my feelings. Let me separate myself from my desires. Let me separate myself from what everyone else in the world wants me to do so that what I do glorifies you. So there has to be a separation, a conscious decision to separate yourself unto God that, that I am not my own. God has brought me into the family. So I need to live accordingly. I need to be worthy of that. Not to, earn, not to earn it, but because he did it, I do it. So there's no, I'm not saying to get so guilt-ridden that I do it just to, to, and I'm always looking over my shoulder whether I mess up. That's not why you do it. I do it because God said, you're mine. And so I want to make him proud. I want to work heartily, you know, uh, not afraid of failing, but just that I want to make God proud. So therefore, I separate myself. That is why every day we need to not conform to the world. Don't be like everyone else. When you simply do that, I'm telling you, your life becomes worship to God because most people don't do that. So there's the first thing. You know what? Students at your school, the biggest thing that's going to make you different and God's going to bless your life is if you just, here's the first thing, stop being like everyone else. I know you want to, 
And I know it's, it's great to be part of that, but here's the thing. God will give you that. If you separate for yourself, God will honor that, and he will give you the very life you want. But it's in that sacrifice that I'm going to separate myself. I'm going to be different. And yes, sometimes it's different in a weird way. They might not understand why you don't do what they do. In fact, that's why God says that we are peculiar people. In other words, weird. You're just weird. Sometimes we're going to look weird, but it's worth it. So separate ourselves. Adults, same way at work. Don't do just what is going to get you favor with your God. Don't be someone that is just working to, to, to impress the boss. Here's what I'm going to tell you do. Work to impress God. Separate yourself. The second thing, it says, don't conform to the world, but it says, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So daily, not only daily do we need to separate ourselves to be different from others, but daily we need to renew our mind. We've got to change how we think. You've got to stop falling into those think patterns to where, you know what, that's when we start complaining. And the reason we complain is because we think work is supposed to make us happy. Remember, work is not for you. It's worship to God. So we renew our mind. We stop thinking the same old way. And so therefore, it begins to give us a new purpose, a new way to look at why you're doing it. So here's the, the, the best thing to, to encourage you. As you are going through your day, whether it is at school, whether it's at work, or if you are retired and you're at home and you still have things to do and, and, and just going through your life, here's what we need to put in our mind. How can, I, how can I please you, God? You see, there's the renewal of our mind. By changing our whole focus of our thoughts that, that everything I do, I am going to please God. When you think on those things, it changes what comes out. Your behavior will change when you change your thinking. And we did a whole study in Sunday school that hopefully made a difference. We've got to change our minds, our thinking, what you dwell on. If you're going to dwell on how this life is just so terrible, and then you know what? It's going to be. If you dwell on, on your failures or what you don't get to do or how terrible your boss is, then you know what? Your life is going to be filled with frustration and anxiety and fear. But instead, when we begin to think of how valuable God is, remember, this is to worship God, which is what God is worth. Think about what God is worth. God, you're so good. You died for me. You've given me promises. You walk with me. You've given me your Holy Spirit. Think on these things. Think on what God's plan is, that yes, I am going to go through the fire. Yes, I am going to go through the storms of life. But there's a purpose because you're building me up. And so I'm thinking on what God is doing through me. And it then begins to change how I do what I do. So when we begin to daily separate ourselves and daily renew our minds, work becomes worship. But I want to look at how we actually put that into practice. 
So when we separate ourselves unto God and we renew our minds, then we get to the actual work. And if we are going to worship God, God has given us an example of how he worked. And we are called to work in the same way that God worked. And, and I think he gave us a great example if we go all the way back to those first verses that we read in Genesis that it said that God created man and blessed him and called him to work. Um, that comes at the end of an example of God doing his work. And, and so I think we can look at how God worked and we can then work the same way. So how do we, how can our worship, our, our work uh, be done in a worshipful manner? Here's the first thing, is we need to work with creativity. God created. The first thing that God did, this was his work. Everything he did was creative. You might say, I'm not a creative person. You know what? Creativity is not some super artsy thing. It is simply breathing life into it. Because the very first thing God said is he just said, let there be light. Very simple. It's not real creative. I mean, when there was no light, it's pretty creative. But it brought life. And everything he created brought life. Wherever you are, you are called to bring life to it. Not death, not complaining, not making everyone around you just worse off because you're there. You are to be the person that brings life, to be creative. To create means to bring that life and to bring your personality. Your special personality is unique. Every one of us is unique that you can bring something creative to where you're at. But are we doing it in a way that God, let me bring and understand that it is his life that we bring. It is not my life. God, let me breathe your life. And it doesn't mean, it's not about preaching. It's not about being a, a super spiritual, holier-than-thou person that people don't want to be around because everything you talk about is just, you know, I'm talking about someone that is encouraging. We need to be people that bring life into those situations uh, just in our attitudes, in our work, and what we do and say. Are we working with the creativity of bringing life into our, and that's the same on a, on a sports field, in a classroom, are we the one that, that we're joining with all the other kids around us when we're complaining about our parents or about the school or everything else? We need to think about what we're doing. That's not create. That's tearing things down. Are we being the people that create, not tear down? That's what God has called us. And when we do that, we worship God because God is the great creator. I bring life because God brought life. I create and, and give people the benefit of the doubt because God gave me that. And so we work with creativity. But also, we work with integrity. Now, the word integrity, I know many times we think of just being honest. But really, integrity, it comes from the word of things being integral, or it talks about a wholeness. Everything has its place, and for it to work, everything's got to be in place. And that way, it has integrity, okay? This building has integrity, because everything is where it should be, and we can trust it, right? So it's honest. We can trust it because it was built right, and it is all together. It's whole. And, and so when we work, you know what God did? It, it says that he worked. 
he did everything that day. He looked, and it was good. It was finished. He did everything completely. When we work, guys, we need to learn a discipline of doing it right and doing it to its completion, not halfway. And many times, we just do it halfway, and, oh, that's good enough. It's not good enough if we're going to worship God. If we're doing it for God, we need to do it completely the way it needs to be done and finish it. Okay, that is a worship for God. That's what God deserves. It's not for my boss. It's not for me. It is for God. Let's do the job right. And, and so we as people, we need to be people that do the job right. Um, and we do it to completion. It says that God looked when he was finished, then he rests. He didn't rest until it was finished. On the seventh day, he said, it's done. It is done. And it was complete. It was integral. It was the integrity of God that he didn't finish until it was right. Um, uh, when people are dishonest, you know why that's not integrity? It's because it's done on the outside, but on the inside, it's not finished. In other words, they're hypocrites. They make it look like it's done on the outside, but you can't trust them because on the inside, they have not finished the work to its completion. And so we need to work with integrity. Students, for your parents, I mean, it may, you may think my parents are, are just a pain, but are you doing what you need to do with integrity, not for them, but for God? There is an honor Guys, ladies at work, are we working with integrity, not to, for our bosses, but for God? And for us at home, if we're retired, you know, you might say, no one else is going to look at my house, whether my housekeeping is up to date, whether my house is clean or not. You're right. No one's going to see, but you know what? You're not doing it for anyone else. Do we do our housework with integrity? Wow, we've never thought about that. How many ever thought about doing housework with integrity? And yet, if we begin to change what my life means, my life is worship, I need to do it. Not because anyone else is going to say anything. I can get away with it. But is it worship to God? Am I truly worshiping God? I'm going to say this, parents. I've talked a lot about the kids, but I'm going to say to parents, parents, are you parenting with integrity? Are we raising our kids with everything? Are we building character in them? Not just doing the outward, what I need, and then the rest, I'm just tired. If we are not building full character in our kids, then you're not parenting with integrity. Everything we do, we need to do with integrity. The third thing is God worked with critique. You might say, God let someone be critical with him? Here's the thing. I love this about God. He did the work, but he was not afraid to look at the work and say, well, this is not good. How many know that he did that? He looked at it, he said, I need to change it. I did it one way, but I'm willing to change it. Are we willing to critique ourselves and say, you know what, that wasn't very good? And I'm just going to be honest. Because see, God made man, and then he said, you know what, I find out it's not good for man to be alone. Yeah, this is not good. I made man, but it's not, it's not good. And so he was willing to start over. He said, I'm going to try something different. He said, I'm going to find you a companion. And so he brought all the animals. And you know what, that didn't work out either. So God was willing to be able to, to say, you know what, I might have been wrong. Not, not wrong, but it's not complete. And, and so finally, of course, his solution is he made woman out of his side. When we work, are we willing to take criticism? Are we willing to, for someone to say, you know what, this could be done better? 
What are you telling me I can do better? I did this. I spent all. You know, we, we, we get so defensive. And yet God was willing. If God was willing to say, this is not good, I'm going to change. Then we need to be willing to take criticism and say, okay, I can make it better. I can do it right. Are we willing to work with that? At work, are you known as someone that's coachable? Or are they afraid to tell you where you messed up because they know how you're going to act when they tell you that? If we're a, a, a reflection of God and, and, and worshiping God with our work, we should not be that person. We should be the person that's willing to work with critique. Final one. We need to work with pride in mind. Now, it's not to be prideful, not the, the bad pride, but there is a good pride. God, every day, stopped and looked. He said, this is good. There was a recognition of this was good. There was a glory of God. So the pride that we need to work in mind is not necessarily our pride. It is our pride. We should feel good about what we do. But the pride in our mind of everything we do, we need to ask, is God going to be proud of this? Did I do this good enough that God's going to... Is God going to step up and say, that's good? You see, every day God worked, he stepped back and looked at it, and he said, yeah, that's good. Are we working to get that same statement? We need to work in such a way that God would say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You see, that's the greatest pride that I could ever have. Our whole life is built for that purpose. Everything you do in life should be for one purpose, to stand before God and hear God say, well done. Doesn't mean we were perfect. Doesn't mean we didn't mess up badly. But you know what? We worked at it. We grew from it. And God's going to say, well done. That's what we should work for. And not only the pride of God, but for others. Because it says, as you work in your life, you should work your life such a way that other people see your works and glorify God. We should also work that everything I do, I want to, I want to reflect God so that other people see God in me. That other people are proud of God. I am so worshiping of God that I want not only him to be important to me, but I want other people to see how great he is. So everything we do should be pride in mind that I want to reflect God to others. Not just so that God will say, well done to me, but that other people can say, man, your God is awesome. But are we working in that way? Do we live our life in such a way that God becomes first? Now, sometimes to work with pride in mind might mean that you need to not work something. There are some jobs that you don't need to be doing. Because that job is getting between you and God. If you do such a good work at your work, but yet you are separated from God, then you are not getting pleasure to God. You know, if we can't serve God, we, can't, we don't have time to come together to church, we don't have time to serve God, then you need to change your job. I'm just going to be honest. We need to think about what this job is doing to us. It's not just any job because it is all to be a worship to God. So we need to ask ourselves, are we where? Are we surrendered to God? Are we giving our bodies as a living sacrifice? God, if I can't truly worship you in this job, then, then I need to step back and pray, God, open a new door. Or I need to ask myself, maybe it's myself. Maybe I am making this job an idol. Maybe I am not working with pride in mind, but I'm working with selfishness in mind. I'm working to make more money, but I can make more money. I don't want to quit this job because really, man, this is, or it's what I really wanted. I've worked all my heart for this. 
So you're getting sad affection, but God is not. God is being pushed to the side. You need to be careful because that's when the curse comes in. And it is not going to be worth all the accomplishments of your work to lose it all when we stand before God. And he said, what did you work for? You didn't work for me. You were working for yourself. And I had no place in it. So we work with pride of God in mind, that God gets glorified. It's not about me. It's about God being glorified in what I do. This weekend as we celebrate, we need to come to that place that we just simply say, God, I want everything I do to glorify you. I want the work of my hands. And that might, that might be playing ball with my friends. Might mean, you know, uh, driving the four-wheelers out in the desert. But as I do it, I'm doing it to, to your glory. Might be going to work in the morning, Monday mornings, and saying, God, I'm separating myself to you. I'm going to renew my mind. Let my work be a glory to you. As we do that, then one day we will hear those words, well done. Enter into your rest. You see, it said that God on his seventh day rested. He enjoyed all the pleasure of what he had done. There's coming a time where we're going to enjoy the pleasure of our life. And I think there'll even be some work there because pleasure work will become pleasurable too. But let us begin to lay that foundation of saying, God, I will worship you in everything that I do today. Let's bow our heads.